Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's Let's ride. It's for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. And boy, it's the luck of the Irish if you're listening to the Incline Dodgers today, because as every Dodgers fan knows by now, the Dodgers did it. They signed Freddie Freeman, the first baseman. Freddie Freeman is officially a Los Angeles Dodger. I know everyone is just ecstatic about this move. They signed him to a six-year, $162 million contract. Also included in that deal, a no-trade clause and no opt-outs for either side. So at this point, Freeman is a Dodger for essentially the rest of his career. They added their leader at first base. I know you guys are very pumped. I've been touting this move for months now. Jake Reiner, what's going on? I mean, this is just the best organization in all of sports. You can't you can't compete with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And they just show you time and time again that no matter what, they're willing to build a contender. And it, I mean, pretty much with how Atlanta treated Freddie Freeman, he kind of just fell into the Dodgers' lap. I mean, all indications were initially that Freeman wanted to go back to Atlanta and they clearly wanted Matt Olson instead. And they didn't really do that good of a job in trying to keep Freeman because I think ultimately they, they wanted him to walk so that they could get Matt Olson. I mean, that free agent deal or not free agent, the extension that Matt Olson got happened so quickly after that trade. I mean, this was their plan all along. So when you got Anthopolis out there, crying that you know he was all emotional about this i don't buy it for a second because he they barely even did anything to try and keep freddie freeman it's not like freddie freeman didn't want to come back so that to me was weird and then waiting all this time in order to get the news was just we can talk about that too but that was insane the amount of time that we had to wait to figure out what was going on but it was worth the wait honestly because the dodgers have the best lineup in baseball well Freeman's not so innocent, but I can get into that in just a second. David Rosenthal, your takeaways from this huge splash that Andrew Friedman has done, another annual thing, getting the big name. I honestly, I mean, we we talked about it on here. I, I thought it was, you know, going to be Braves all the way. I mean, I, I gave it a 60-40 Braves-Dodgers chance last time we had this episode last week. Uh, and like Jake said, the Olsen trade happened real quick. And once that was done, I knew he was going to be a Dodger. Uh, Friedman was not going to be outbid by the Tampa Bay Rays, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I think this was in the process for longer than we've, we've known it to be in the process. Uh, but I mean, I'm, it's still shocking, honestly. I mean, you look at the lineup and Dave Roberts doesn't even have to make a lineup card. He can literally choose names out of a hat and it will be an excellent lineup. You have nine or 10 guys who can hit at any position in that lineup and it will work. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Muncy's going to have to shift over to second base for probably half his half his games, I would imagine. Uh, I would imagine Lux and Pollock are about to be a timeshare uh, in in the lineup. But it's, it's a perfect fit. It replaces uh, Corey Seager's left-handed bat in the lineup for half the price, and that's why Andrew Friedman is a magician. Uh, you get Freddie Freeman for six years, pretty much the same, if not better, production than Corey Seager, He's, he stays healthier than Corey Seager, at least historically. Uh, he's been a, at least a three-war player since 2013. Uh, and that, that includes two five-plus war seasons and one six-plus war season. So to get that kind of a player is pretty remarkable and pair it with the rest of the lineup. And it's a juggernaut yet again. There's a- before, before you jump in, Kevin, can I just add something about, because 
David touched on durability, and this is something that I was shocked to find out when I read it in the LA Times. So over the last four seasons, Freddie Freeman played in all but seven of 546 regular season games that the Braves played. And again, over the last four seasons and over that same time period, Seager missed 139 games. So that just goes to show you that this guy is going to be on the field. He is durable. And the Dodgers desperately need someone like that because of what we saw last year with all the injuries. So a couple of things going back to what David was saying. Max Muncy is quoted saying his favorite position to play is second base. So that'll be an easy adjustment for him. Definitely. And then the, the Dodgers are adding, as we know, a Fountain Valley native. So a SoCal guy. The 32-year-old is a five-time All-Star, the 2020 MVP, just won the World Series in 2021, a career war of 43.1 over 12 seasons already, 271 home runs belted, 295 career batting average, 384 on base, 1,700 hits. I mean, when you look at that span over the course of 12 seasons, that is the model of consistency. We are potentially talking about, uh, unfortunately, he won't be able to do it with the Dodgers because he did it with Atlanta, but that might be the best first baseman in Dodgers history if he had been doing that in LA. Now, I don't think we'll get the same production, but hopefully pretty close over the next six years with Freeman, which is still a very long time. Yeah, and you know what else is impressive is if you look at the future books of the Los Angeles Dodgers, it's just Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, arbitration guys. That's it. So even giving these contracts out, he's still maintained tons of financial flexibility for the future. Uh, You're going to have to pay guys like Walker Bueller, Will Smith, possibly Julio Arias. uh, Bellinger. Bellinger. But uh, he's, he's... left it open so he can pay those guys it would be really nice to win one maybe two more titles before we have to lock up all of those guys like it would just it would be really nice and and uh i I think is definitely attainable this is a huge year when you want to go into that discussion this might be jt's last year this could be kershaw's last year um well look i mean matthew stafford Pollock, pollock Matthew Stafford was traded from the Lions to the Rams and in his first year won a Super Bowl. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities. You pick up a guy like Freeman, you win the World Series this first year for him back to back. Yep. Uh, yeah, Jock Peterson would be the last one up until yep. that point. Um, well, let's hope he doesn't win a back to back to back. Oh, Jesus. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about all those moves later on in this episode. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, the Braves actually did offer a pretty healthy deal. Five years, $140 million is nothing to, like, snooze at. But uh, you guys mentioned Matt Olson, who he's a hell of a ball player. So I don't exactly fault the Braves for wanting to go that direction, but I know that there is loyalty and heart in this game, and they kind of sniffed him, stuffed him dirty. Um, but then, yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays out of nowhere offering five years, $150 million. And when you factor in taxes, Allegedly. that's that would have been a better deal for Freeman. Yeah. Also, I don't want to hear about these these small market teams that can't pay guys. Like it's it, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, Javi Baez got a multi year deal, six year deal with the Tigers. You know, so like, and you know, the Rockies just went out of their minds and paid Chris Bryant. So I don't know. That whole argument is just dumb. So I wanted to run this by you guys because a lot of people are going to have the same question. How do you project this Dodgers opening day lineup, assuming everyone's healthy, Max Muncy in that mix? Okay, well, you know the first two are going to be Mookie and Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. So after that... Go Freeman. Yeah, I think they're, they'll plug him in right there. I think that's just a very Dave Roberts thing to do, just get yeah. the guy like right in the, you know, right in the heart of it. Uh, left-handed bat is Freeman, so you're probably going to want to go with... Will Smith, if we're doing the lefty, lefty, righty thing. Yeah. So maybe Smith at the four hole, Muncie at the five hole. Uh, Bellinger. Yes, Bellinger. And then you probably need a righty JT. after that. JT. Turner after, yeah, Turner after Bellinger. Who else we got? And Taylor. Taylor, Taylor. and Pollock. Jesus. I, I oh, think it's, it's going to be Turner after Muncie and then Bellinger. And then you're going to get Taylor and Pollock at the, at the bottom. I don't think they bat Smith cleanup. I think the lineup might look something like 
Betts, Freeman, Trey, Muncie, JT, Bellinger, Smith, uh, Pollock, Taylor. Do you think there you would you would put Trey Turner third behind Freeman? Yeah, because he's been doing that most of his t- Dodgers tenure. He was batting third, and you get the righty lefty, righty lefty. I mean, yeah, like David said. <laughs> pick a name, any name, put him in any spot in the order. I mean, you could lead, you could lead Chris Taylor off and bet Mookie bets eighth. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it would work no matter what it is, but I do think they're going to go back to Mookie and Trey at the time. Yeah. And then, uh, all right. So with that being said, we have a question on Twitter coming from LCS W Dodger. So with the Freddie Freeman signing, um, this increases the likelihood of someone being the odd man out. Obviously, I think that's Gavin Lux, right? <laughs> no, well, you know, you know how we feel about that. No, I don't. I, look, they're going to platoon. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a carousel for for Pollock and Lux, in my opinion. I think you're going to see more of Chris Taylor than you did last year, uh, and then you did, then you have in the past with Chris Taylor. He's kind of been a platoon guy for most of his Dodgers career. Uh, I think that changes this year. I think he's going to be an everyday guy. I think you're going to see Pollock. Uh, start against lefties and and sparingly righties and I think you're going to see Lux at least to be, to start the season get some opportunities to start against righties uh, they're going to rotate a ton of guys it's look Lux is going to play a lot whether it's Trey Turner's off day Max Muncy's off day uh, he's going to be in there and he's he's hopefully I, I think I, I think they can give him some reps in the outfield in spring training get a look a little bit more comfortable out there uh, just so we, you can get him more at bats but he's, he's absolutely not the odd man out. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, though, for Lux because you kind of – it's it's been a weird implementation into the roster where he was not getting regular time. And then finally when he did get an everyday spot last season, he gets hurt. And so he's and – then, and then when he comes back, he's battling two positions that he doesn't really know how to play the outfield. And so – then again, this year, you're not really guaranteeing him a starting spot. So is it going to be tough to judge him again? Or are we saying, all right, buddy, this is, you know, this is your last opportunity to really prove that you belong here. Yep. And Dave you Roberts gotta... said today he will be playing some left field and second base primarily. I mean, I guess that I have a question. Like, do you guys think that this is sort of his last like audition for to remain on the team or to have a role? Absolutely not. Uh, I mean, look, first, what I wanted to say is with the DH, you add an extra guy in that rotation. So in the past, we've seen, you know, kind of Taylor and AJ Pollock be that extra guy who, who plays pretty much an everyday role just on people's off days. And that's what you're going to see from Gavin Lux this year. Uh, you adding the DH creates another role for someone to just be that guy who plays pretty much every day, but during off days, you can rotate a ton of guys it's a carousel. That being said, for your question, absolutely not. We have no idea if Trey Turner is going to sign an extension or not. We have no idea if the Dodgers want to give Trey Turner $200, $250 million. And if not, Gavin Lux is in line to be that shortstop next year, period. Well, uh, that's my point. Like, is he, go- is he going to show it? Is he, you know what I mean? Like, that's the, the Dodgers will, will have reassurance if he comes out and performs like he is projected to perform, or at least how he was touted as a prospect, then they can say, all right, we don't, you know, we don't have to deal with Trey Turner anymore. We, we don't have to give him that extension because we know the heir apparent is Gavin Lux. I think this is his last opportunity to really prove to the front office that they, they can move on from Trey Turner if, if they need to. Well, yeah, but that wasn't your question. Your question was, is, is this his last chance to be on the roster pretty much? No, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that, that is what Jake's saying. And yeah, just to piggyback, I ultimately think if the Dodgers traded Gavin Lux for whatever reason and then they lose Trey Turner, they're still going to be fine. The, the pipeline is just absolutely loaded. We got Vargas, Bush. They'll be fine if they lose both. There, there's a lot of healthy guys coming up. And this, it's just crazy how they have – an all-star lineup and the number one farm system at the same time with a lot of experts module predictions. If I'm, if I'm Gavin Lux, I'm going into the season thinking I'm going to earn a spot, damn it. And they're not going to be able to ignore me. I'm going to be there. I'm going to earn this and basically secure my future with the Dodgers. That's, that's the mindset he's kind of, he kind of has to have. 
Yeah. All right. We should move on. This is one of many things to talk about on today's podcast, which is just loaded. Number two, this happened right when the offs, or I should say right when the lockout ended and the off season began once again, the Dodgers were able to work out a deal and re-sign Clayton Kershaw to a one-year $17 million deal. And there's some bonus incentives in there. He'll get a million for these milestones hit. 16 starts, he'll get a million. 20, 22, 24, 26 starts. So that's another 5 million potentially for Clayton Kershaw. But wow, was I wrong. He took the hometown discount uh, like you guys predicted. I thought he would get a big payday. But he's selling for that one-year deal. And at the same time, Clayton Kershaw is going to kind of have to prove it. He, that's his mentality entering this season. He wants to prove his elbows healthy. And you know he's still a damn fine good pitcher. I told you. That's all well, I have to say. Well, I, said I, I am pretty sure on this podcast, I said the number $17 million a year. I 15. think I said 15, 17, or 20 million max. 20 million max. And that's exactly what happened. He was not going to put the Dodgers in a, in a precarious financial situation after being hurt last year. He's going to take it year by year. This doesn't mean this is his final year in the, in the majors or with the Dodgers, uh, but this was a no-brainer for everyone involved. Do you think – did you think it was going to be a one-year deal or did yes. you think it was going to be – Yes. Okay. So from the Andrew Friedman side of things, he said this was his priority once the lockout ended. Get this thing done. Bring back Clayton Kershaw. But I will say I was right in one area because it actually did come down to the Dodgers and the Rangers – and what put Clayton Kershaw back into the Dodgers uniform was just the f- pure fact that they are in a win now. Or they can win a World Series this upcoming year while the Rangers can't. And retirement was not on his mind. Like a lot of people speculated, it's either he's going to the Dodgers or retiring. That was never a scenario for Kershaw. So we'll see. Yes, um, you yes, you were you were you were right about saying that Kershaw was not contemplating retirement and that you didn't think that he had thrown his last pitch. So kudos to you for that. But we all knew that the Rangers were involved. It wasn't like that was a secret or that was, you know, a oh, point yeah, I'm of not disputing that part. Just right, saying okay, like, so there, I don't want to treat it until Clayton Kershaw get indicates like he's actually retiring. I'm not going under any assumptions he's done because we saw how he did last season through 122 innings had like a 350 ERA that's still top tier production. And that's not a big drop off. It seems like the standard is always way higher for Kershaw. Cause he was throwing these sub two ERA seasons. So when he starts to regress a little bit, people freak out saying, Oh, he's done. But I mean, look at how Madison Bumgarner is doing with the diamondbacks. He's not anywhere near that level of disaster. Well, well, it just speaks to how, I mean, amazingly dominant Kershaw has been for the length of his career. And no matter what he's been able to adapt and has gotten better and more cerebral and Madison Bumgarner just hasn't been able to do that. Um, but I mean, I think that, yeah, it was definitely a priority that Andrew Friedman needed to do, not just because they want to keep Kershaw a Dodger or potentially have him retire as one, which I think they would gener- generally like, and they've said that, but the Dodgers need pitching. I mean, the, flat out, they need Kershaw. It wasn't like, you know, a luxury or like, you know, the, the, the Kobe contract where it was sort of like you, you knew he was on the way out, but you still gave him in that kind of uh, final couple of years there. This, you need Kershaw to be competitive. And honestly, where we are now versus where we were at the beginning of 2021, I felt more secure then than I do right now with the pitching staff. And I, you know, we, there's more we got to do with that because yeah. Friedman's nice and it's great. And I love, and we needed a bat. We needed to replace Seeger's bat. But I think even more importantly is that starting rotation, which right now is, is not very strong in terms, yeah. in terms of, in terms of being able to rely on it. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, just one thing on Kershaw, you know, you talk, you, you interact with other fans like other fans of other teams online and it's like they act like Clayton Kershaw is some washed up has been nobody good anymore just kind of throw in pitcher and that's just so not what he is I mean even last year when he was all banged up not healthy not not with a ton of velocity he still had a 3.00 FIP 3.117 uh, 3.17 expected ERA, a 10.65 K per nine, made 22 starts, 121 innings, and uh, was pretty was pretty damn good for pretty much 
all of his starts. He had, I think, two or three clunkers in there that were bad. Uh, but this guy's still a top-of-the-line starter. And it's, it's baffling to me that a, lot, a majority of other teams' fans don't view him that way anymore. And it's, it's whatever the media narrative of him and his career has been probably plays into it. Uh, but the disrespect he gets, even, even now, is, is astonishing to me. I mean, when you're, and even some Dodgers fans too, when you're that great, that just what happens to you. I mean, LeBron James is another example of someone like that, where it's just, they are so good and they're, they're undeniably good. You got to find fault with them somewhere. You've got to pick apart their game. You've got to find the one stat or the one moment. But or that's the, the that's the thing. I don't think he's viewed like that by other fans. I don't think he's viewed in like the LeBron James category. And it's like, they, they forget how dominant he was and how good he still is but people because still, of this people postseason still go, narrative. Right, but people still go after LeBron, even, even if he's considered the, the best or the second best basketball player in, in the history of the game, he still gets shit for not being, you know, for having deficiencies in something. And Kershaw, similarly, it's like, oh, he's a great regular season pitcher, but he's been awful in the postseason. Yeah, well, you know, have you seen his postseason outings recently? At an older age, they've been even more dominant than we've ever seen before. So yeah. it's it's so it's so infuriating, infuriatingly ridiculous. I'll just say yeah, the just, Mets fans that claim Jacob Degrom has had a better prime just don't know what they're talking about because I see a lot of that too. These Degrom Kershaw comparisons. Yeah, and Kershaw, I have to say, they're the way, same age, by the way. Way more durable than Degrom. Three months apart. Yeah, way more durable than him. On that note, Clayton Kershaw is expected to be ready by opening day. We can uh, talk another time if he'll be the opening day starter, which he probably will be, but hopefully he's healthy because he says he is and they all say he is. And I want to see Kershaw for a full season because God he damn will it. Be, he, he will be at Dodger Stadium. 20, I think it, uh, is 27 there, is strikeouts there, behind Sutton for the record. Yeah, the Dodgers record. Yeah. I, you know, it, it gives me a little comfort that opening day is like five days, five or six days later than normal for Muncie's shoulder or elbow and Kershaw's arm. I like that we get that extra five days. Just be like, all right, five more days for these guys to heal up a tiny yep. bit more. I like that. Yep. So this move hasn't been official yet for some reason, but a few days ago, the Dodgers did come into an agreement with Hanser Alberto, a utility player who can play some second, third, shortstop, the 29-year-old has spent time with the Rangers, Orioles, and Royals. Last season, did not have a great season. Hit 270, which is fine, but a 291 on base, 402 slugging, two home runs. But you got to know something about this guy. He is the absolute definition of a lefty killer. This right-handed bat for his career is hitting 333 against left-handed pitching with an 815 wow. OPS. And his ceiling in 2019 hit 398 against lefties with a 948 OPS. I love the versatility of this guy and he could essentially be like the replacement for Kike Hernandez with a slightly better bat against those lefties. How is his glove? Is he, what positions can he play? All of them? I just said second, All over third and shortstop. He's played left field and, and right field in his career. Also 2019, yeah. he played left and he played the outfield for the Orioles too. So yeah, I mean, look, I love this signing. I, I absolutely love this signing. This is a guy who can play all over. He can hit lefties. And it's basically, he's, he's a major leaguer is what he is. He belongs in the major leagues. And that is what we lacked last year. We saw too many minor leaguers getting way too many major league opportunities. And that's not, hopefully that's not what we're going to see with Hans or Alberto uh, because this guy's been in the major leagues since 2016. He belongs in the major leagues and he has experience. So what this signing was is a what you, you can call it whatever you want, but I call it the uh, no more Sheldon noisy at bats signings. Let's just get someone who's been there before, get him on the roster. He's not going to start, but he's going to be there. Speaking of being somewhere before, that's where Sheldon noisy is with the Oakland A's. So yep. sayonara. Um, yeah, I love this move too. I think that the that the bench was a huge headache last year, even though the Dodgers won 106 games and blah blah blah. That bench was something else. And I think a lot of what people are point, were pointing out is that Andrew Friedman basically looked at what happened in October and you, you saw, you know, Steven Souza Jr. with the season on the line. Um, he 
basically said, I can't have that happen anymore. I need someone I can trust. I can't, we can't have this sort of carousel cast of characters that, that one is kind of worse than the next. Yeah. It just gives them good platoon advantages. Hopefully McKinstry takes the next stride because he was killing it before the injury. I I think he's going to bounce back. So I'm so high on him. You got him as your lefty bat. Alberto as your righty bat. That is just crazy versatility right there. Next up, another uh, huge question mark, which just continues to add more enigma. Trevor Bauer placed on administrative leave once again, and it's been extended until April 16th. So that means he's going to miss a guaranteed three starts, I would say. Look, two things are clear to me at this point. One is that it's, well, I guess it's unclear, but I guess the, the clarity of it is the fact that Bauer may or may not have interviewed with MLB at this point. No reporting indicates that he has met with them. I think that was the one thing that they were waiting for in order to make their decision about Bauer and if he should see if he should be suspended is that they were going to interview him. And the lockout kind of delayed that, obviously. But now they're delaying it even further. And I think the, the, the second thing that I think is clear to me is just the fact that I don't know. I think this is, I think this is like a ploy, like a, a ploy by Manfred to, to kind of play with Trevor Bauer because he's been so outspoken about Manfred. So this is, you know, something's going on behind the scenes. I think Manfred wants to stick it to Bauer and, and you know, kind of irritate him because Bauer's been so outspoken against him. I, I 100% agree. Uh, I hate that I'm in a position to, to kind of defend him here because I still don't know what happened and I don't think I'm ever going to know what happened. But I do think this is Manfred fucking with him. I, I, I do. Uh, you know, uh, Bill Shaken reported that there's going to be an April 4th hearing where Bauer's going to ask a judge to allow him to use cell phone records to try to clear his name. So I do think that he, he's, he might have asked for this extension as well uh, to try to clear his reputation even further. Uh, but you look at look at Marcel Ozuna's case. I mean, that was resolved within within a month or two. Uh, he was he got time served, I believe, uh, and that was that was that was you know handled quickly. And this is dragged on forever. Uh, granted, there was a lockout, uh, and he the, it, the passing in a PD took a while to to not decide to not press charges against him. But I agree, Jake. I, I think this is Manfred toying with him a little bit. I, I mean, he, he wore the, he's, he's by far the most outspoken against Manfred. He's, he's gone after him before he's worn the cleats, all that stuff. Uh, but who knows? I still think he's going to pitch for the Dodgers this year. Yeah. And then it was also unfortunate. Um, the, the whole, you know, Rich Eisen show tweet that yeah. basically completely uh, twisted what Dave Roberts, it was, yeah, it was a complete misquote uh, basically saying that uh, Dave Roberts essentially said he didn't think that Bauer was ever going to pitch for the Dodgers again, which I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what they said. He said, and then you go back and listen to the interview and he didn't say anything like that at all. And I think even, you know, the three of us were very, I I know you were David, at least really skeptical when we saw that tweet, because we didn't see anybody else tweeting about it. We didn't see any, there were no other reports that that's what Robert said. And that was kind of fishy because you'd think if Roberts did say something like that, it would have been huge news. Um, but basically, Robert said he didn't know about anything because they haven't, you know, MLB hasn't done their full investigation yet. So he kind of just kicked the can. And basically, he's going to focus on the guys that are in camp, which is what he should be doing. And he shouldn't be worrying about Trevor Bauer is just proceeding as if he's not going to be there. That's what he has to do. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. And their Rich Eisen show Twitter account apologized for it. They said a previous tweet from our account characterizing Dave Roberts, not expecting Trevor Bauer soon or quotes, if ever again has been deleted. It was an inaccurate portrayal of Robert's comments and appearance. And we regret our error, blah, blah, blah. So basically, you know, some people got duped rightfully so. And, and so the important thing is he didn't say that uh, all he said is he's not with the team now. And I expect, you know, when something changes, we'll, we'll let you know, basically some other, Dodgers roster news. They brought back Jimmy Nelson on a two-year deal. He will probably not pitch this season because he is recovering from Tommy John surgery. Yancy Almonte, a former Rocky minor league non-roster invite. Reyes Maranta from the San Francisco Giants. They brought him back out of the Mexican I would like league. a word on that one. Okay. 
He is one of the nastiest pitchers I've ever seen in my entire life. If he can stay healthy, this is a top tier reliever. He was legitimately dominant for the Giants for at least one year. I believe it was 2018 or 2019. One of the nastiest frisbee sliders I've seen. This is a steal. If he can, if he can be healthy, pair him with the Dodgers pitching coaches and 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 uh, development staff. This is a top tier bullpen piece. Yeah, I agree. Get get to know the name. Great reclamation project for sure mike wright from the baltimore orioles they invited him to the to try out jake lamb a familiar name was with the arizona diamondbacks back in 2017 he was an all-star and belted 30 home runs would love to see a rejuvenation from lamb but i know he's had a lot of shoulder problems but we saw what that does to guys maybe he's finally healthy they brought back shane green wait hold on before you get to shane green um how old is jake lamb like 30 i think 31 i mean that's a little a, that's a minor league deal it's a non-roster invite okay. i i would love to see jake lamb on this roster i think that a veteran bat like that a guy that has had success before has kind of fallen prey to injuries a bunch and has never really kind of reclaimed what that uh was it 2017 you said yeah. that year that he hit that he hit 30 plus homers like that has just never been him again but I mean, you know, stranger things have happened, right? I mean, Justin Turner, who knew Justin Turner was going to become Justin Turner, you know? So I'm not saying that that's going to be the same case, but like, I agree with you guys. I think watching Jake Lamb and seeing if he can add something to this team, I'm all for it. I mean, he had back-to-back 30 home run, 90 plus RBI seasons. Yeah. It's worth a non-roster invite. <laughs> yep. He was really, he's been struggling. He, batted under 200 last season but you know it doesn't hurt give the guy an opportunity um and then shane green who was with the dodgers for some time last season they brought him back with another non-roster invite so there's just a lot of guys i mean i yeah it's sort of like a low risk high reward type of thing but i don't know what they saw in shane green to keep him well i i think they're hoping at least one or two of these guys will accept a minor league assignment uh i think last year scarred andrew friedman I, I really do. I think he, he was stunned at the lack of production from what they had in the minor leagues. And I think adding these former major league, you know, solid players, there's, there's not that many spots on this roster to make the team. So I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping that one or two of these guys will accept a minor league uh, assignment. But I'll, here's my hot take. One of Reyes Maranta, Carson Fulmer, or Jake Lamb is going to be a factor for the big league Dodgers this season. It's possible two or three, two out of three of them are will be. Yep. Yeah, keyword is they're willing to accept that minor league assignment to start because this 40 yep. man roster is at a surplus right now. But and you can only option guys five times this year. Yeah, and it better it's, make them count. I don't I never understand the rules with like some of these veterans when you bring them up and then you send them down, they get DFA'd them automatically. That, that always, well, if, it's, if you're out, it's so how it works is you have option years. So if you reach a certain amount of MLB service, you don't really have options anymore unless you accept, uh, I think it's in the contract, like a minor league option or something. Uh, so it's either like one or the other, it's a confusing system, but like, like Billy McKinney didn't have any options left last year, which is why he kind of stuck around. So, yeah, speaking of, Former Dodgers on the move. You guys mentioned Sheldon Noisy got claimed by the Athletics. Billy McKinney is joining the Athletics. Steven Souza Jr. is joining the Seattle Mariners. And a fan favorite in Joe Kelly is joining what is looking like a very stacked White Sox bullpen on a two-year, $17 million deal. I praised the White Sox last year, and they came through for me until the playoffs, and <laughs> I'm sticking with my bold. White Sox. What a bold, what a bold thing right there. Well, they they hadn't been consistently in the playoffs, so there was no there was no guarantee there. But I was I was I wanted to I I called them as as my World Series pick at the beginning of 2021 out of the American League. Um, yeah, it was I don't a know very trendy pick last year. Yeah, and so yeah, they're they're going to be even better this year. They will be even better. Right now, I think they're the AL favorites. I think um, their bullpen, as I just mentioned, is just crazy good. With They added Kendall Graveman. Um, their starting staff is kind of suspect, though. Dylan Cease. 
is going to have a breakout season. I'm calling it right now. He showed huge stride last season. The stuff this guy has is filthy. I think Michael Kopech is going to bounce back. This was like a highly touted prospect who got derailed with injuries. And then, of course, Lucas Giolito is your front-of-the-line starter. And then Lance Lynn, can't forget him. That guy is just solid. This White Sox team, in terms of the pitching side of things, loaded. Eloy Jimenez coming back to play a full season, assuming he doesn't hurt himself in spring training again, loaded. I, well, I, Dallas Keuchel's arm is barbecue chicken. You take him point. as a fifth <laughs> starter any day. Uh, I, yeah, I For the Dodgers, I would, I guess. <laughs> I think that the um, AL Central is going to be a lot more competitive this season. I really do. I mean, I, I think not. I do. I really do. I, I like what I like what the the uh, the twins have been doing. And I like what the White Sox have been doing. And, you know, I think we you may be and I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I think you're going to be surprised by the Tigers, too. Not can you surprised. name can you name two starting pitchers on the twins? <laughs> on the twins. No, I Any can't. Can you wow. name one? Well, they just got Sonny Gray. So there's Sonny Gray. Yeah, I knew there was something they just got. And okay, um, do what's do? God damn it, Randy Duba, Uber driver, Randy Randy Dobnak, Randy Doggles. If, if, if he's in the starting rotation, if he's your number two, you oh got yeah, Maeda, Maeda's not going to be there. No, they got Dylan Bundy, still a member of the of the Dylan Bundy bandwagon here, but that that team is not doing anything. Sorry, Jake. And the central right. sucks. Have the guardians even made a move? No, they've they're, thought they're... about trading Jose Ramirez though. So <laughs> no, the guardians will be bad. And, the and then Royals the Royals are banking on Granky. The Royals, I think are, the Royals are actually might finish second in that division. Yeah. I think they're actually pretty solid. They, saying, no, they made a couple signings. Not they actually signed a couple people. I'm not saying it's going to yeah. set the world on fire, but my prediction is that it will be more competitive than you're used to it being. That's all I'm saying. And I think the white Sox are going to win the division anyway. Um, but that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to have a, the twins are going to be the surprise number one seed when we hit the playoffs. Shifting gears. Now let's take a stroll around the rest of the NL West and just highlight what some of these, um, division teams have done so far. We'll start with the giants because they did win the division after all. I know you guys want to talk about this one. They signed Jock Peterson to a one year, $6 million deal with jock peterson that he can't get like a multi-year deal uh, yeah it's it's crazy to me too and, and and i don't know i just feel like he just keeps getting these six seven million dollar one-year deals it doesn't make very much sense to me i think he is has a lot more value than that i i hate the signing i it's it's disgusting he's he looks horrible in a giants jersey i love jock but why the hell did he have to go to the giants he's going home david he's going home well he's from that, he's, he's, stupid... he's from your neck he's from your neck of the woods Okay, first of all, let's not let's not call this my neck of the woods. I am from Los Angeles. You're a voting citizen in here. that you're a voting citizen in that county, are you? Not? Yeah, unfortunately. Anyway, <laughs> I I hate it. I mean, couldn't couldn't we have given six million a year? Could we not have it's signed him for six million? Spots, let's be honest. Matt Beatty's still on the roster. He's he's they gotta get him off so they can they still have like 42 spots. Well, you're gonna move Jimmy guys. Nelson. To the six to the uh, sixty day, you're gonna move Dustin May to the sixty day, and uh, maybe someone else to the sixty day. I don't know, but fair enough. Whatever, Jock. Just you, you, he's never gonna play against us anyway. He's not gonna start against Kershaw. He's not gonna start against Arias. He's not gonna start against Haney or Price. So good luck. Walker Bueller is gonna strike him out. No problem. I like the moves that the Giants made. They're kind of quiet under the radar type moves that, you know, don't, they don't really move the needle. They didn't really make any type of splash. Although, you know, Castellanos is still out there. Um, and I'm hearing that they're interested, but also the Padres. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to bet against the Giants. I'm not going to say they're going to be terrible like we all predicted before last season because of what happened this season, um, this past season. So I'm going to, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that they're going to be, you know, the top of the division again, but I think they're going to be middle of the pack. I will say they are going to be terrible. I will shoulder that. Burden. I know the Giants, you will. I don't care that Tatis is out for a couple months. The Padres are going to finish in second. The Giants are going to finish in third. Look how much worse the Giants got. They lost Kevin Gosman. They lost Buster Posey. They lost Chris Bryant. What did they gain? Carlos, Carlos Rodon. Car- a yeah. couple. Fo- Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb is not a threat. He is Andrew. He is Anthony Descalfani 2.0. 
whatever, yawn. On offense, what have they gained? Jock Peterson to replace Buster Posey and Chris Bryant? Plus, plus, hear me out. You're gonna bet you're gonna bank on Belt, Crawford, Wade, Slater, all of these guys keeping up what they did last year. Give me oh, a they break. also they also Give lost Solano. They also yeah. lost Solano. Give me a break. They are done. They are barbecued chicken, finished, hang them up. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Hang it up. You just you just mentioned regression. Well, we'll talk about the next team in a second because I want to get to that. But just to conclude the Giants, they also added Matt Boyd, who, Matt Boyd, who's expected to return in June as well. They're going to have a lot of lefties, and we know the Dodgers historically have struggled against lefties. they got to fix that needle right away. Um, I think I think they've bought in there with Gabe Kapler, and who knows? Give me a break, they, man. They, dude, <laughs> the roster didn't look any much better last season. And everybody had a career year. So either they're taking steroids or this ends now. Okay, well, I have some other predictions, but I'll save that for later because – too long on the Giants. Next up, the Padres. You want to talk about a team that's done absolutely nothing? What have the Padres done? Yeah, They're the a laughing hell? stock of Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah. Cool. They signed Nick Martinez out of Japan or Korea, who was bad anyways when he was on the Rangers. And then, yeah, you just spoiled it. But Fernando Tatis Jr. got into a motorcycle crash, broke his wrist, is out. Is going to be out for at least three months, could be longer. How do you play with a bad wrist? It doesn't make sense to me. His season's probably a lost cause. The shoulder issue was never resolved either. That's still lingering. Can I just say, can I just say, you know, and, and again, I'll preface this. I don't obviously know Fernando Tatis Jr. personally. So, you know, I'm sure he's a really nice guy or, or, or whatever, but what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? Get off the motorcycle. Stop effing around. You got a huge contract. A, a, I mean, you are the face of the franchise. You're supposed to be the face of baseball, but that's up for well, debate. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. That's a good Go point, Jake. You're supposed to be that. What not, are you doing? What are you doing? A good role model. What let are you kids, doing? Let the kids play, as they say. Yeah, he's playing a little bit too much. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to be my MVP pick, too. It was, like when, it was like when Madison Bumgarner did some stupid motorcycle ATV shit. I, what is that? The Padres it's are going to be contract too. This is going to be a bad Padres team. Their goals this offseason have been trying to offload Eric Hosmer and Will Myers, and they're just getting the door thrown shut in their face. Yeah, what did they you shut the door on them for that? They didn't address their bullpen needs at all. Mike Melanson's Clevenger, gone, right? Sorry, who? Melanson? Yeah, he's a Diamondback now. That's right. Yeah, have they added anybody besides the Martinez guy? No, I really don't think they have. I mean, well, is AJ Preller awake? They may get Castellanos. I don't see that happening either, but they need it. They need that. They need that. Yeah. And Castellanos is going to kill us this year. What's the, what's the point now since they've lost Tatis for half the season? Like they should, they're probably going to be my favorites to be sellers come deadline. You know who I could see them signing if he's willing to take a short term deal is Trevor Story. It's not a bad idea. Cause you might want to put Tatis at DH when he comes back anyway. Yeah. It's not a bad idea. Thanks. That, that's too smart for AJ Preller. Let's be real. Oh, they got Jorge Alfaro. He's actually a solid catcher, but that's it. Is he? Isn't he the guy yeah, that no, like, he would catch on one knee and Rick Monday was ripping him? He can hit and he can run. He's not that good. Next up, Colorado Rockies. Been more active than the Padres. They signed Jose Iglesias to be their next shortstop. They got Alex Colomay in their bullpen. Chad Cool as a starter. But, of course, the big move is obviously signing Chris Bryant to a seven-year, $182 million contract. As a Chris Bryant fan, I love it. I think the Rockies, I love that they're actually spending money. There was so much criticism of these owners not spending any money. Now the new GM is willing to buy in on a new star and we're ripping them for doing that. I don't get it. That's kind of hypocritical to me. Chris Bryant easily could slug 40 home runs a year in cores. He is a great third baseman. So it seems like to me, at least in my lifetime, the Rockies always have a solid third baseman with the exception of last year. Let me ask you this. It's a new GM this year. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jeff Burdick I or did, whatever. did not know that. Out. So I, that, that actually makes a huge difference um, because if you're a new GM in town, you're trying to, rebuild this franchise and so going after a guy like chris bryant world series you know winner champion you know i i don't 
I don't fault them for that. Um, I don't know who else is going to play for them. Um, and Crone, the Crone, yeah, <laughs> that guy, Fountain of Youth. Um, he, I, I, I actually like that move a lot more than I thought I did because you know if you put it in the context of what you know they got rid of Nolan Arenado and they paid the Cardinals to take him and all that stuff. If if that old guard is gone, then all right, fine. This is a this is a very lateral move for the Colorado Rockies. I mean, you lose Trevor Story, presumably. You lose Arenado the year before. You sign Bryant. Doesn't do much for you. I mean, I'm glad that they're spending, but they need a whole hell of a lot more than that. I would have started smaller and and graduated up to a bigger free agent in a few years. But God bless them. Got to bring in fans somehow. And then lastly, who will probably finish in last, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have also really done nothing other than add Ian Kennedy, throwback to when he uh, threw out Yasiel Puig and Zach Granke, and Mark Melanson, as mentioned briefly. They do have a loaded farm they system. They all come back. <laughs> they do have a loaded farm system. They all come back. They always, get, they, always get old, they always get the old D-backs to come back home. Is Ned Coletti their GM? <laughs> Maybe they'll get Scherzer for his final year. It, we've talked about this a lot, but like, hey, you know what we could give him? David Price. David Price. Well, yeah. You there. mentioned David Price. Speaking of him, he is in the mix for the rotation. Apparently, uh, they spoke with him yesterday. I think it was, and he's he says he, he has a lot to prove, and he's motivated to be a part of that Dodgers rotation. Damn right, he has a lot to prove. <laughs> I mean, hey, this is his contract year. So if he wants any semblance of another contract, not that he ever needs another one, this is his year to do it. I would, I'm rooting for him. I got nothing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he proves us all wrong, but I don't like the sound of that. So I think by now we answered a uh, Ray Coyoza 82's question. What area should the Dodgers focus on now? Obviously I think it's universally starting pitching and I still think a blockbuster trade is coming. Just, they cannot sit with this rotation it just it doesn't it does not gel well with me there's too many question marks yeah it's like well, the, you know last season we had a you know too much too much pitching too many starters you know we were like oh my god what are we going to do with all these starters and now we barely have any well the biggest question mark is not going to be resolved until at least april 19th so i don't think we're going to have any clarity on the others until we get a, some clarity on that. So if you're expecting a trade for a starter, I, I wouldn't hold your breath. As long as the Reds and Oakland A's are out there, I have high hopes. Next up, we're going to move around the league now. So I have this question prepared for you guys. Which team do you think has improved the most this offseason? And it's, I know Jake's saying the Twins. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, other, other than the Dodgers, I think it's I think it's the Blue Jays. I think they're one of the the teams that did the the best this off season. Um, the uh, just just all the moves that they made. I mean, I know you guys don't love Matt Chapman, but I think that was a solid move. Um, and awesome. also also the Mariners did a lot did a lot of good stuff too. Um, Robbie Ray and um, I'm blanking on the other moves that they did, but they picked up also, Suarez and Winker. Yeah, there you go. That was it. The, the trade with the Reds. So my two picks would be the, the Blue Jays and uh, the Mariners. Those would definitely be my picks in the American League. Uh, in the National League, it's the New York Mets for sure. Uh, I mean, they added Scherzer. Uh, they got Trevor Williams. And Bassett. Uh, yeah, Chris, uh, Chris Bassett. Bassett. Starling Marte. Mark Canna. Mark Canna. They, they, they got a lot better. Uh, I still don't think they're that good. But they, they, if, if their pitching staff can stay healthy, they can make a run in the playoffs. But until that happens, they're not going anywhere. Yeah, mine was the Blue Jays as well. I think having Matt Chapman as your corner now at third base is like huge defensively because they're not going to have to be as dependent on his on their offense. On they're not going to be a, they're not going to be as dependent on his offense because they got this big guy in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You expect George Springer to have a healthy season. He was not consistent last year for them. Uh, Bo Bichette is a rising star as well. And maybe Kevin Biggio bounces back. So they got a lot of pieces last season. I feel like was kind of a letdown for Toronto, but now they have a full five man rotation and I don't think there's yeah, any room the rotation for Ross, looks good. Ross tripling. There's no room for him. Yeah. I like the Gossman move for sure. Um, I also like what the Braves have done. The Matt Olson 
trade. You know, they did Freddie dirty, but you could argue Olsen might be an upgrade at this point. Dude has just been tearing it up for Oakland. He belted 36 or 39 home runs, I want to say, last season. Yep, and he comes home. Um, I think, yeah, I think the Braves did a nice job. Got, they got Eddie Rosario to come back. Yeah, so. Colin McHugh out of nowhere had a great season in relief. They added him to their bullpen. So they're, they're going to go for it. That NL East, it's going to be a tough one. It's yeah. The Nationals will also not be as bad as people might speculate. They got JoJo Gray now. They signed Gilbert Cruz. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with a full season, both of yeah. them. That's yeah, going to be fun to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, and then I mentioned the, the Reds fire sale already, so I'll have to touch base on that. Um, finally, just wanted to talk some quick Dodger things. The Dodgers are making some moves in their broadcast booth. They added Jose Moda, Eric Karros, Dontrell Willis, Jessica Mendoza, and Adrian Gonzalez. And the, the caveat is, I guess, Oral Hershiser will not be calling road games anymore in select home games. Yeah, so they brought in 20 more people. <laughs> <laughs> Poor no I, like, I like almost all of those. I think they'll each add a little, uh, you know, something different than the next one. And uh, I'm all for it. Let's try them all out, see how it goes. Yeah. I actually think Jessica Mendoza gets a lot of slack uh, just because the ESPN broadcast is so bad. Yeah. I think she actually knows the game pretty well. I just think she was put in a pretty unfair situation with, you know, those terrible personalities they have at ESPN. So I'm interested to see how she does in a, in a more, you know, team specific role. So I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah. Can and I'm, I'm also look, represent. I'm looking forward to uh, Adrian Gonzalez um, to seeing, to hearing his perspective on a daily basis. I think he could be a really good analyst at, at one point. And we know, you know, Karos has experience. He's been a, a color commentator on Fox for a number of their, you know, uh, national broadcasts. So I think, I think, I think they're all good additions. Jose Moda too. Tommy Canley, Caleb Ferguson are expected to start the season on the IL. And it's worth noting that they've bumped back the ID, the IL to 15 days. So that kind of sucks. No more roster manipulation in that regards. Bobblehead Knights, they announced a whole bunch of bobbleheads, more than I can ever recall. It includes Max Muncy, Walker Buehler, Trey Turner, Chris Taylor, Mookie Betts, Will Smith, Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, and some throwback uh, veteran moments, too. David wants that Dustin May one, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still not, you know, I'm still stunned that Billy Jean King got a bobblehead over Pedro Baez. Uh, I mean, Wait, what? I, I have not recovered from that. And it, I wasn't even that big of a Pedro Bias fan. I, I was Pedro Bias so... should not have gotten a bobble. Yeah. I'm, Come on. I feel he like was on joking. the Dodgers for so long. He went out there and died for that team. Died. He had some, he, yes. He, can you? He, the only thing that died was our postseason hopes. Okay. Most of the time look, that he, took he was, he was the cause of death set many, many times. Yes. I'm not, I'm not debating that, but he was a Dodger for a long time. And he, he put out some, Phenomenal efforts, put out some fires. He deserved a bobblehead over Billy Jean. As, why, why, why are we giving Billy Jean King a bobblehead? Because she owns the team. What does she specifically have to do with baseball? Why are we getting a Billy Jean Billy Jean King bobblehead? Well, she why? didn't need a bobblehead, but that doesn't make it any better that Pedro Baez deserved a bobblehead. Maybe just more so he did he deserved one more than she did. Uh, he was on the team. A, has Austin Barnes ever had a bobblehead? No. no. Neither okay, has Blake well, Trinan. Well, well Austin Bards definitely should have gotten one over Billie Jean King, not Pedro Baez. Though. <laughs> uh, no, you're really going to sit here and tell me that it Billie goes Pedro Jean Baez, King, Billie Jean King, get Austin out Barnes. Of here, that's man. that's how the how, rankings. I don't how, make the how, I don't make the rules. Those are how the rankings go. There's just no way any Dodger in the history of Dodgers deserve a bobblehead more than Billie Jean King. What does she have to do with the Dodgers? What? How are we even getting a bobblehead of her? Well, didn't they have a, a Magic Johnson bobblehead? Oh, equally yeah. stupid, equally dumb. So if you just own, if you own part of the team, we can just give you a bobblehead night. That's just I don't, how it I works. don't know why you're so incensed about it. Because it bothered me when it happened, and I still haven't recovered. <laughs> this is like a two or three year thing where it's still I still think about it. Billie Jean King and Magic Johnson bobbleheads. Come on. Yeah, and if Billie Jean, if you're listening, uh, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, yeah, I don't not and... like you, Billie Jean King. This just, <laughs> oh this just doesn't this doesn't have to do with you personally. You just haven't done anything for the Dodgers. Pedro Baez bled for the Dodgers. 
You didn't do anything except own the team. I'll go to Wimbledon. I'll get a Billie Jean King bobblehead. I'm not doing Dodger Stadium. Imagine you get tickets and you're like, oh, who's the bobblehead tonight? And you'd have to tell a little kid it's Billie Jean (laughs) King. Come on. Come on. You know I'm right here. Yeah, you're not. I'm absolutely right. probably had one, but I can't remember if Yasmani Grandal had a bobblehead. I think he did. Really? I don't think he was an all-star. I I feel like I remember it. Yeah, that, that, that makes more sense than a Pedro Baez one. I'll leave it at that. Back to the Freddie Freeman stuff, because there were some cool quotes in the Dodgers media today, including one from Justin Turner saying, I've been recruiting him for the last five years. So you got JT pumped. You got Max Muncy saying, this team will be unbelievable this year. And then Kershaw said something along the same lines too, but he had more heart in his saying, I think he said something like, they're doing this for a championship. Definitely. And that oh, that's, it's great. I mean, you know, who would, that's the one thing that a lot of people touched on with Freddie Freeman is that his, you know, he's great in the clubhouse. He's a captain, he's a leader. Um, and, you know, who wouldn't want that guy in your team? And I think there's been, it's been a pretty quiet off season day. Maybe March Madness has taken over, but let's go to final thoughts. Anything else you guys wanted to cover? I mean, this has been, you know, it's been a slow, uh, slow drip with these with these free agent signings and trades. I thought they would be coming a little bit more rapidly and a little kind of kind of like what the dead the trade deadline was last season, just kind of all coming at once. Um, and I just, you know, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, you know, we get baseball back and spring training started today. Um, the Dodgers start uh, tomorrow, which is Friday. So and and uh, Freddie Freeman is expected to be in uniform on Friday. I am a little confused that Carlos Correa is still unsigned. That's uh, a weird one. It is very strange. Uh, is it though? Just, just get it done, he Houston. Is, he wants I mean, ten years, three hundred fifty million. He's not. He's worth not getting that. it. He's but not getting what, it. That's what I'm saying. I, Nobody's going to pay him that. Exactly. I think all these teams are just like no. Yeah. No. Good. Good. And I even saw a report that the Baltimore. Orioles. Oh, you shouldn't buy that. Area. You know who that was from? Was it Hector Gomez? No, Ben Verlander. Oh. Really? <laughs> no, Hector Hector Gomez actually has good sources. I feel like his some of his sources are kind of made up though. Look, it's not a hundred, it's not a, it's not it's not passing level, right? But it's still, you know, it's better than Ben Verlander. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. But the point is, it's like, is this really what it's come to for him? Now he's gonna be forced to take a a shorter term deal with Houston Astros because no one wanted to pay him. Good. The bitch deserves it. (laughs) Wants Corey Seager money, not getting it this year because he's a little bitch. I mean, I I could see, I just, is he going to take a one-year deal and trust in Scott Boris and trust in himself to get him, get in the offer next year? There is an interesting twist in that. And I think I was reading that Boris would be on board. Yeah. Boris would be on board with that because the agent who was representing Correa prior to the lockout would get a huge part of whatever they pay him. Yeah. So, but that's one thing for Boris to be on board and another for Correa to be on board. My final thoughts are pretty simple. Spring training starts tomorrow, Friday against the Brewers. I believe it's Bo Burrows starting for Los Angeles, another non-roster invite. Very curious to see who they roll out tomorrow and who gets an opportunity. Love watching spring training. Cause you get to just see a lot of guys scrambling to fight make that AAA roster, make the major league roster. So it's going to be a good time. We got three weeks of action. Uh, You'll hear from us next week. We got a guest planned to talk about a very exciting thing that's coming out. So looking forward to that. But on that note, don't get too drunk tonight. Make sure to order a beer, wear green. Freddie Freeman is a Los Angeles Dodger. More moves are coming, I bet you. But yeah, the Dodgers are back, baby. Have a good one. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. 
when everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.